0: Welcome to Alive and Kicking, the 90s football podcast, the podcast that's more 90s than a robot-sounding share. Do you believe, love, love? That was in the 90s, believe me. My name's Ash Rose, your host and guide on this, the original 1990s football podcast, Alive and Kicking, back for 2019. That means that 1999 was 20 years ago. That's the first time I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it again in the second intro to the actual show. But yeah, can't believe it. twenty years ago, 1999, and all that. Uh, just a quick intro, just to wish you a happy new year to everybody. Of course, big thank you to everyone who supported us in 2018. We've got a few bigger and better things planned for this year. Uh, we hope to go live once again. So keep uh, your head on the Twitter feed for that and a few more maybe even video stuff. But yeah, I love you, Kim. We want to build this nineties baby and uh, keep 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 it going. In spite of uh, increased competition and everything else out there, this is Live and Kicking, your original 1990s football podcast. Also wanted to mention we have a bonus episode hitting your airwaves on Monday. Well, probably Tuesday morning. We're recording it on Monday where we'll do an FA Cup themed episode as it's FA Cup third round weekend. Uh, We wanted to squeeze that one in so you're getting two episodes over this weekend for the price of one. And so I hope you enjoy that. We'll have Greg Lansdowne with me and the boys. And you can imagine we'll be talking Arsenal and Wrexham because it's something we don't quite cover on this week's This Week in the 90s episode where we do talk about a certain QPR game on New Year's Day, 1992. Yay! Uh, 3-3 between Liverpool and Man United. And we'll let Joel talk about Brian Robson and his last days as Middlesbrough, or as a footballer at Middlesbrough before he went into full-time management. Uh, there's also the usual you know, tangents that we go on throughout the decades I think we even talk about the 50s and 60s at some point um, and a bit of a big rant about football on TV obviously that's all you want to expect from Alive and Kicking please follow us on Twitter at AK90s or on Instagram at AK90s pod then rate, review, share, subscribe on wherever your podcast weapon of choice is the ratings and reviews really help us this is going to be a landmark year for Alive and Kicking that is my plan we are going to go to the next level this is it. Come on, we're going to make this the 90s football brand in 2019. Kicking off with your first episode of This Week in the 90s with myself, Ash Rose, at Ash Rose UK, and Joe Young and Matthew J. Christ. We're talking all that 90s natter right now. So enjoy the show, and uh, yeah, well, here's to a big 2019 for Alive and Kicking. <laughs>
1: Sit back and enjoy a nostalgic ride through the decade that truly changed the face of football. If the 90s are now retro, then it's time for a celebration. Welcome to Alive and Kicking, the 90s football podcast.
0: welcome to the first this week in the 90s of 2019 yes that means 1999 was 20 years ago yep getting old folks but that's revel in this 90-ness with my two favorite people and disclaimer warning he's been to the pub but we i'm sure he's only had a few pints so i'm sure we won't get too many kevin keegan rants he's uh, my friend and yours joe young how you doing joe
1: I've only had three pints, and I'm half a bottle of Heineken in.
0: Thank you very much. So you're sounding all right. You're sounding okay. Happy New no, Year. No, that's
1: all right. Yeah, I'm not going to be ranting. Raving. We're not going to be mentioning Keegan anyway.
0: No, that's true. Happy New Year um,
1: to you. So that's all right. Actually, can I give a plug for something
0: before Ooh, we even start? That's, that's different. Yeah, let's plug something.
1: Yeah, um, Galactic Keegan. At Galactic oh, yeah. Keegan on Twitter. Um, it's my friend Scott, who is lovely. I I think he's about 25% short of the pledges that he needs to go and do it. Uh, I have so this is a novel, up. isn't it? It's a novel that he's written about. It's, it's Kevin Keegan living in space with a robot dog and <laughs> all his business. But the Twitter account is brilliant, at Galactic Keegan. If you don't follow it, you should do. And he's got a book on the go, which is um, they're running a sort of, what's it called? A crowdfund. fund under a Kickstarter um, thing? kickstart thing yeah. well the book's already written so basically this is to print it oh, okay. uh, but if you get it now for, for 19 quid including home delivery you can get your name in the back of it and I have got my name in the back of it so yeah um, you know god bless you and you met him the other week as well Scott said keegan was lovely and just was like people would pull keegan up in the street and go oh you're living in space now and it took him about a month or so, oh, that so must be a bizarre
0: thing yeah absolutely and especially <laughs> like on social space, media you know. which he wouldn't probably be involved in too much anyway i don't think he's what even... made me
1: really 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 laugh is somebody somebody pulled scott up on twitter somebody tweeted the galactic keegan account and said uh, said to him oh uh, I think he mentioned something about Alan Hansen and somebody went, well, Alan Hansen didn't play with uh, Kevin Keegan at Liverpool, well, actually. And he's like, you do understand this is a story like involving Kevin Keegan living <laughs> in, in space. Yeah, the finer details. And the a robot, details. Yeah. No, and a robot and a dog that talks to him. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, perfect. Yeah. So, yeah, go and follow Galactic Keegan. Do and that. if you can, go and, go and get a first edition of the book, book for 20 quid. It won't be worth anything, but it'll make you laugh.
0: I did one of those. Anyway, there's, Matthew. There's a, yeah, we'll get to Matthew in a minute. I'm going to... Switch to wrestling very quickly and say that I there's a Hasbro book coming out in this year at some point. That I did a Kickstarter thing, so look out for that. So what
1: what what like with all the the old...
0: history of WWF Hasbro figures oh, and stuff with like the new that. ones. Um, you know what,
1: Ash? Nobody got me the Rock for Christmas. That's that was one thing I, I put on my list that I haven't got anybody to buy me list. But right. um yeah, I wanted the Rock one. we oh, get it.
0: Oh, we'll oh get it but for you. you
1: and your Kevin Owens.
0: Yeah, I've got my Kevin O. I've got a few up there, but yeah, we'll get you the rock. Don't worry. And if you want more okay. wrestling from me and Joel, W A underscore Pod New Year's Revolution next week. Check that out. Um,
1: w O underscore Pod. Yeah, that's W A Did I say it?
0: That was my accent, my London accent coming out. Anyway, Matthew Christie's here too, and he's just exciting venture. He's now writing for Four Four Two. How was your Christmas? Happy New Year and all that, Matthew. Uh, yeah, well, well whatever.
2: <laughs> Are you sure he's only had three pints? I don't know. Listen
0: to that conversation now. I'm starting to feel. It's
2: right, no, I've only had three pints. Sorry, I know that was
1: really badly, but I haven't eaten.
0: <laughs> well, well here we go you could get a get a vegan <laughs> sausage roll from Greg.
1: a vegan? oh mate this is the best thing ever
0: <laughs> so oh, you can,
1: know that peter's morgan and gregs have the same pr company oh, they probably yeah. do don't they Taylor herring yeah at, the at bottom Taylor herring oh they
0: are Taylor herring utter nonsense all of it um so yeah matthew happy new year had a good christmas yourself and stuff anything you want to plug
2: um, no i don't think so no no i can't really follow uh Joel's little speech there, unfortunately. but do you follow again, Galactic Keegan? I, well, I feel I have to now. Yeah, I think just to, just to, to find out what the hell he was going <laughs> on about there. The <laughs> do you last, not follow
1: it?
0: I follow cool. it, yeah. I'm aware yeah, of it. Yeah,
2: you follow it. And our friend Sid Lambert follows
0: it. Sid Lambert, oh. yeah. Proper football. Yeah, So so
1: So, um, Matthew, you're the only one who
2: doesn't follow Galactic Keegan. You're missing out. I'll, yeah, I'll take heed of your plug and, uh, and do that. I've got a quick question. I just suddenly thought of something. How come? How come Joel is no longer referred to as the grandfather clock of this show? Oh, here we go.
0: Ah, uh, did I, Was that? He's had many prefixes of his name, isn't he? He has a gimmick change every now and then, so you know. And and, and why was he ever referred to as the grandfather?
1: Clock? It was something that Ash came out with. Yeah, I
0: can't even remember why it came from. Just I I I because
1: I'm always here, you're ticking along,
0: yeah. And he's yeah. yeah, and i maybe I was tight, I and was, I'm taller than Ash. <laughs> yeah, that goes for most people. <laughs> There's a lot of grandfather clocks out there. If that goes, if that's the uh, prefix to be, you
1: still
2: owe me £10. I still owe you that?
0: £10. Yeah, next time I see you, I'll give you a crisp £10 note. In your, in your do you hand. know
2: what? I, w- I was obviously there that night, and I stood right behind you when that £10 exchange <laughs> hands, and, and I, remember, I distinctly remember Joel saying. I'm not the kind of person that's going to keep bringing that up. And
0: then every few weeks on the exactly, show, you yeah. keep mentioning that mate, ten pounds.
1: Mate, mate, it was just banter.
0: It's banter. Yeah. Yeah. It's just
2: banter.
0: Um, it's we're, the banter. We're recording this just after the uh, the the Man City Liverpool game. Matthew, you happy with that result as a Man United fan? Um, uh, Is it a no-win situation for you, pretty much?
2: Well, yeah, technically. But I mean, I was thinking about this today and. I'm not sure I care that much anymore, to be yeah. honest. I mean, I, <laughs> Which is probably just as well, seeing as I'm on a 90, You must I'm like Solskjaer, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, obviously, a year or so ago, or probably, you know, maybe even more recently than that, I thought, Maybe oh, I got... three weeks ago, you went all you
1: know, well, the Oligullers.
2: Well, no, it's not that. I'm just thinking like, about this whole winning the league thing. But I was thinking the other day, I said, you know what? If Liverpool win the league, is it that bad? I've seen it before, many a time, and I'm sure I'll see it again maybe I'm just trying to convince myself, but I was thinking, is it that bad? I mean, I love the city, I love the people, my mates are Liverpool fans, apart from the obvious kind of like, oh God. You're going to get tortured for a year. Uh... Well, I'm not, yeah, I don't think I will, because I kind of, I just think, I've, I've never been one of those, I've always sort of believed in Schadenfreude, and I've always been very careful to sort of sh- shove it down people's throats, like when because you know full well it's going to come back. And I just think there's a whole, I'm a bit uncomfortable with this whole sort of thing about the whole nation Dreading Liverpool winning the league. I mean, I thought it was just a United thing. But I've seen a lot of stuff on social media about people saying, "Oh, City have got to save us from Liverpool in the league." That, I mean, it...
1: I've seen a lot of that as well. Oh, but no, I it's
2: pathetic.
0: It's, I, mean, I just think it's I, ridiculous.
1: I, as a, somebody with no dog in the fight, I want Liverpool to win the league.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah
1: I... I mean, I talked to Simon about it. Rimmer named mm, Rob. name drop. Name um, drop. But I, te- I texted him when they were battering Arsenal the other day and I was like, are you watching this? He was like, no, I'm stuck in a train. And I went, this is your league, this. I mean, I yeah. don't even think today is going to be too much of a hassle. You no, I there. think, I mean, go,
2: whether I want them to win it or not, is a different matter. I think they will win it and mm. I, I definitely think they'll win it and I think they should win it. I think they're the best team in the league. I think they're better than City. The I, think team. I, think, I, think, I think City
1: are more swashbuckling and probably yeah. a bit more fun. I think that Liverpool are the more solid oh, well, they've and got they've the got the best got defender in the world front front at the moment. And basically. they've got that yeah. best three and that front three and yeah I mean, brilliant. I, yeah. I, I would like, as, as a, somebody with no dog in a fight, I would like Liverpool win the league I mean, I, I never be... would have thought I'd
2: say that. You've got to bear in mind that my football agency kind of Ended in about 1997,
0: as I keep saying. (laughs) I mean,
2: I I know I'm officially a United man, and so is Ray Evans still in charge in your (laughs) mind? Is it mine? That's why I I
0: do this podcast.
2: (laughs) But you know, obviously, I've got United allegiances. But when I talk on this show, I'm a lot more passionate about that United than I am this United, if that makes sense. And we've discussed that before. I I agree. You know, if I'm in a boozer with a lot of my mates in the Central Liverpool, like I was the other day, and we're all chatting about winning the league. that 25 years ago would have been unthinkable in my mind, but now I'm thinking, you know what, is it that bad? You know, it's. I suppose that I comes with age, maybe. want
1: Newcastle United to win the league. The I'm, not saying I
2: want, I'm not saying I want them to win it, but I'm saying, look, you know, is it one of, it's one of those things that you can get yourself in a real... It's not going to kill you, is it? No, and I, I think social media's got a lot to sort of answer for with that, you know, because years ago you would have dealt with mates and fans and you'd have met, met fans in the street and you would have dealt with them, and that was a lot more sort of one-on-one whereas now I think there's this whole thing going back to what I was saying just a few minutes ago about this whole frenzy about Liverpool winning the league on social media and and you know people going it can't happen if it happens I'm going to do I'm thinking well from a United point of view I can understand it but then again didn't United didn't have you know revel in it for those years in the 90s and the 2000s so it's a bit rich for United fans to start criticizing Liverpool fans for Reveling in something, yeah. And anybody who
1: was like old enough, been, like to remember the seventies and the eighties of Liverpool's mega header, then they're not going to be, for the most part, arsing about on social. No, media I there think way. there's,
2: a, I think there's a lot of United fans that are, are expecting the backlash. You know, I, I think there's a lot of United fans of a certain age, and I wouldn't include myself in this, and probably not you, you two maybe. But you know, I've always thought Liverpool are a big team. I thought every season I always expect them to challenge for the league, just purely because they always used to. Um, uh, you know but i think there's a lot of people in their sort of mid late 20s early 30s now that just that just isn't something they ever pictured happening and, and hoped it never would and they've and they've sort of you know reveled in that for a long time and now they're starting to realize that football is it does go in in patterns and it could well be it could well be liverpool for the next 10 20 years i mean that's not you know if they don't win the league this season there's a good chance they're going to win it next season or the season well, after. They're not they're, just going to go away. That's what I've they? been
0: saying. I've got a, few, a couple of Chelsea friends who hate Liverpool because of that weird mini-rivalry in the mid-2000s of Mourinho and Benitez, and they're like, oh, I can't bear it, blah, blah, blah. And I said, it's, well, it's going to happen. So, you, yeah. either, you either let it get it out of the way and let it happen and move on, or you sit there and moan about this fake... Yeah, well, I think go, that's, that's the way there. I
2: look at it. Partly because I'm, I'm like I say, I'm not that fussed about... A lot of United over the last few years, I've kind of been pissed off about anyway and and and, you know i don't like we've said on this show it the older i've got i've become a little bit more sort of um blasé about it but um believe me when we start talking about new year's day 1992 in a few minutes i won't won't be feeling that but to me now right here right now i'm thinking well if they win it fair enough if city win it fair enough it's not it's
1: it's just that thing where you are a little bit more detached from things I think the older you get you can still have a passion for it and a love for it well I am but then I can say that that, it's like we said the other week when we talked about it you know it's like are are you going to is it going to ruin your weekend if United, QPR, Borough get beat no it's just like I've got beat okay but it
2: it seems more the case now again with social media that it will ruin people's weekend if the team they dislike wins rather than their team losing. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm starting to see with this whole Liverpool thing. I'm, I can. I I'm, always,
1: get, I always get really annoyed. Uh, it doesn't happen so much now, but back in the day it used to at Borough, when we'd be winning and they'd be singing songs about Sunderland or
2: mm-hmm. Newcastle. And well, i was, ha- concentrate on us. That's,
1: it's that happens
2: stupid. a lot. With, this goes back to my point with United. That happens a lot with United. And I'm not sure if it's exclusively United, but it pisses me off because I was over in... Valencia a couple of weeks ago in, in, in the pubs and whatever and every song was about Liverpool this and Liverpool that and Scouts and that and I'm thinking well you're going to it have a nasty, a nasty shot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah And I think and that I... stems from years of sort of oppression as a United fan sort of in the 70s and 80s and then turning the tables but I think that
0: some of these United fans are going to have to prepare for a bit of Oh, they're going and to have to have some humble pie, aren't they?
1: Yeah, these lads. Well, That's still, why we we're 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 still
0: seem to the blue man. flag up your ass to Chelsea. And it's like, there are Chelsea fans a lot, maybe the majority of Chelsea fans, that don't even know that we're rivals. Yeah. So, because we've been so far apart for so long, bar the, you know, the seasons we were in the Premier League and that was a farce on every single level. So,
1: And like, sing about us and sing yeah. about them if we're if we're playing, them. playing each yeah, other. Yeah. Or, like, there's this wacky rivalry at the minute that I even saw today... Between Borough and Burnley, and I saw this on, so, and I was like, "Hold on, that's like 2015 or whatever it was when we lost, got, got promoted to the league." And me uh, and and Borough and Burnley were uh, rivals to to go up, and and we both went up, and it was harsh at the time, and I think it's probably because we're, we're we're similar sort of towns, I guess. But um, I find it absolutely nuts that people would still be going on about that sort of three, four years after the fact. It's it's just.
2: But that, that goes back to my thing about sort of football becoming a social media rivalry now, rather than a sort of natural geographic rivalry. You know, there's fans that are, are picking fights with each other that I really wouldn't have, um, you wouldn't have thought that was the case a few years ago. And again, going back to this thing with the whole people dreading Liverpool in the league, I'm, I'm a bit uncomfortable about it cause I'm thinking, is it a anti-Liverpool FC thing or is it an anti-Liverpool thing as a city? I, I, yes, I yeah, I agree. I it's you know, a, it's I, a bit of
0: both, I think, yeah.
2: And I don't like that. And obviously, from the United point of view, I'm going to know I, a lot of people. I don't, don't see want... why you'd support. I don't see why you'd go for.
1: From a football point of view, I mean, I my joke about Manchester City is that they're the they're the Blackburn Rovers of the 2010s. You know, like, and it is pretty much exactly the same, really. Although the money spent is a lot less. Yeah, and
0: um, more consistent, like over a bigger period. Blackburn was only yeah, but you three know what seasons. I mean. Oh, the yeah, the thing yeah.
1: is, they're, they're kind of. I don't want to say they're in an Our Friend MCFC shirts. uh Andy will be upsetting me saying that. But, you know, I, I, I never think that City are kind of the biggest club in the world the way they spend. They're not a super, 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 super duper club, really, by terms of. And you, you can say, oh, well, they've got. How many got their games every week? Like 40,000, 50,000?
2: No, I think it's more than that, in fairness. I think they, I think they get a little bit of stick for the. The Crowds that they get because they are some empty seats, but I think they get think about the fourth biggest attendance each week. I might be wrong on that, but I thought with the expansion of the ground, I thought they were a little bit more than that.
1: But uh, do you understand what I mean, though? What, what I'm saying, yeah,
0: about? yeah, 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 they're all it, they're not an elite club in reputation yet. I would, I would, would agree with you, they one. will
1: become that, but yeah, it, of it, course, kind of like, yeah, and you know, and this is me, I, I'm a borough fan who. You know, I, I lived through us trying to do that, and we didn't do it. So maybe it's a bit of jealousy. Maybe it's a bit of old fashioned sort of. I only know the old big clubs.
0: I think if they win the Champions League, that will open a yes, whole new different. Yes, because Arsenal never won it. So there's you know there's a club there that's never won the Champions League that you would say at the moment would be bigger than them. This is a tangent I didn't think we'd get onto, but yeah especially not on a 90s podcast yeah. but i mean it can
2: it can change I mean, you look at liverpool's history you know in the in the 50s and well, 40s and 50s they weren't you know they went on to become the force that they did become and still are you know basically in the 50 from the late 50s onwards when shankly took over in 59 and then they won that first they didn't win the fa cup hadn't won the fa cup until they won it for the first time in 65 and then you know it it, it progressed so that spell in the sort of 60s and 70s kicked the club on Massively, and then they're still living on that reputation, and rightly so. But so, who's to say if City win a couple of European Cups and a couple more? Well, what, it does is is
1: it, what it does is it solidifies <laughs> Manchester City in the minds of younger people,
0: yeah. Because if someone's doing this podcast in 20 years' time when then you know podcast exists and it's keeping it 2000s, City will be very much there'll be us old blokes thinking, Oh no, that's nonsense, yeah. they, they will be in that group. Well, you say the- that, but City were a powerhouse in the. In the 60s, wasn't it? Mean, 70s yeah, even, yeah. Keep it, well, keep it 60s then.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching it. There's a game that's come on my telly now, uh, and I'm kind of wondering whether Matthew would have been there. Liverpool are currently leading Manchester City. Neil Webb has just hit the bar with a header. Stephen McMahon's on the ball now.
2: Neil, Liverpool, Neil Liverpool Neil United. United. Liverpool-United. Yeah, that, um, that would be... Is that the 4-0 at Anfield in October 1999? Well, my, my, uh, hold on. Yeah, They've just scored a second one, yeah. United Beard are in the blue kit. Yeah, United are in yeah, the blue yeah.
1: kit, yeah. yeah. The 4-0. The Maple Leaf
2: Blue. Yeah, Beardsley oh. got a hat-trick. United so, were all over Liverpool in the first half of that game. but um, she He's got it on now. Good. Beardley, it must have been yeah. on the match or something. Was, oh. Yeah. Well, well, on was,
0: on that reality. note, on that note... because Yeah, but you
1: should probably talk about the 90s.
0: As you were 17. Do I a minute.
2: Do I not get credit for... Na- naming the game I and love the that. day I thought that, yeah, honestly, very well done
1: Matthew, Matthew yeah. I knew you were going to do that yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. why I mentioned it it was, the, it was
2: the web hitting the bar that gave that's it what away. I said you saying, yeah. I knew that would be because the thing I remember that was the turning point and then Liverpool went on and steamrolled United and Beardsley got a hat-trick and Les Seeley was so angry at the final whistle he turned around and booted the ball into the cop no. and I believe Beardsley was begging oh, for the ball back after the, the game well, apparently, I don't, I'm not sure if he did or someone returned it back to him at a later date, but, uh, you know, it was a story
0: at the time, I seem to remember. Well, Matthew, when we do our liverpool man United rivalry series, which I'm sure will be on the horizon soon. Well,
2: after that little speech I've just given, I don't know which side I'm going to be on Yeah, now. you might have to be in the middle. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think I've covered every base there, just in case when City or Liverpool in the league, I can go, well, look, I did say on the podcast, I don't actually dislike you, if anyone believes that.
0: Well, okay. Well, Joe mentioned the match there. I'm going to segue somehow into the 1990s, and that's talk about the match. You briefly said it there, Mister Mister Chris. Uh, it's the first of January, 1992. It's very rare on this podcast that I get to revel in such a result. Um, it's one we've touched on before, but yes, I'm going to go wax lyrical over this. This is Manchester United one, Queens Park Rangers four. From and it was live on. Hold 19- on, you
1: hold on. You've dreamt this. This isn't a thing.
0: This is a thing. This is this is a, this is nothing for me. Growing up, I had I had the shirt I, I, When I moaned at people on the last show talking about John Jensen and having the t-shirt when John Jensen scored, I had the t-shirt that had QPR for Man United one. Yep, I was one of those people that bought those t-shirts. The DVD came out, everything like that. Um, before we talk about the game, I, I've watched it back uh, this afternoon and, and with great revel, but before we talk about it actually do you know what I loved, and I know you all love this Matthew because you, you know, you're best friends, you're bezies with El- Elton yeah. Wellesby but the match there was so, as a TV show, the, just with so many memories come back watching yeah. ITV's the match, Brian Moore and Dennis Law and commentary, the graphics I mean it, it was so homely and we talked about yeah. the match a lot but I, I know you're uh, still a big fan of it and this was one of the big games of, of that season on, on that TV show, wasn't it?
2: Yeah. Well, I I, I had the pleasure of meeting Elton for an article back in the summer, and we. uh, Isn't his name Roger? Roger, too, is mate. That's the end of my interjection in this. Um, Do role. Yeah, and um, we shared a few bottles of wine in the summer and and reminisced. And I did an article, and I was basically praising the match for, in my opinion, and I stand by this, the match sort of preempted what Sky came along and did a couple of years later without getting the credit. That Sky did. I thought the match was hugely revolutionary in terms of um, live football in this country. You've got to remember, before the match came along in the 88 89 season, televised football on um, terrestrial television was very hit and miss. There was a sort of a cartel between the BBC and ITV. They would yeah. share it between them, and they'd, some they would get 10 games each at maximum. I mean, in, in the 85 86 season, I think there were only six live games broadcast or something like that. But. Um, itv got exclusive rights in eight, for the 88 89 season and the match came along and just complete it just made it a, a like an experience didn't it It was like a magazine show you, you they put goal, cameras in the goal net they there was a longer build-up they had um regular guest players that uh, retired or injured players in the studio you had brian moore you had uh elton Wellesby presenting it a well-known granada host and they just sort of made it an all-round package um and in half time on the sunday live game they would show the goals from the day before which was something you would never see before because back in the mid 80s if you weren't at a game you probably wouldn't see any of the action ever so the um, season it, video yeah if if you were lucky enough to have a season video but um so i i think it really revolutionized um televised football obviously they lost the rights when the, uh, the Premier League came along, and I mean, it was a very close-run thing, and I wonder how things would have changed if. Have we
1: ever told I... that story, the sugar story? Yeah, well, I think yeah, we have. Well, done think it we
2: the have yeah. Blow them out of the water. Yeah, it yeah. came down to one boat, yeah. didn't it? Yeah, because um,
0: you did Tottenham. your dissertation, didn't you, Mr. Young, on TV football and TV and that.
2: I did, yeah, yeah,
1: and the the, the blow, yeah. Let's uh, you've got to blow them out the water. Sugar, sugar didn't even trust his own phones to go and ring somebody. He had to, he had to run out to the payphones and was overheard by somebody saying that. Yeah, and he's he's since admitted it. Yeah, which is because the idea because it was originally it was the premier the whole Premier League was an idea from Greg Dyke. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah.
2: which is well, and and five of the top clubs
1: at the time. Well, which was Everton. Yeah, no, Everton's Everton, Everton, the always Tottenham. one that, that I think is weird. Everton, yeah. Tottenham, and then City, Liverpool. No, it wasn't I was City. Everton, not a big Everton, club. We Tottenham. just discussed
0: that. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, I was, sorry, just, Andy. Uh,
1: was, busy, was busy dealing with a cat. Go on, carry on. Yeah,
0: uh, but no, I completely agree with you, Matthew. It was it, something so sort of rinky-dink but comfy about their coverage. of you what yeah. you know, sc- Skies are obviously. You know, we're in 2019 now. The coverage is ridiculous from all the graphics and the build-up and stuff. But well, this was simple but effective. Like, well, thought... for
2: anyone that, I mean, I'm, I'm sure people will be listening to, it, listening to this will remember what t- football was like on TV before Sky came along. But, I mean, you, quite often you get a game would start at 3 o'clock or 3.05 on a Sunday and the coverage wouldn't start till 5 to 3 yeah. and it would just cut straight to Jimmy Hill on a gantry, It'd show the teams, the game would start, half-time analysis and finish. Sometimes a game, the TV coverage would finish and there certainly wouldn't be any post match interviews or anything i mean the game would finish and that would be it you wouldn't hear about anything about it until the papers the next day so yeah bullseye sure..: the matthew yeah, yeah i mean famous what you could have I, mean, I mean even with the match remember when arsenal won the league at uh, anfield in 89 the game the, the coverage finished before they even showed the presentation of the, the trophy on the pitch because it had to Was cut on to on the
1: friday night, that
2: match? yeah friday night yeah um, so you know, it was so so different from how it is now. But I think, well, I don't think I, I know for a fact the match changed that. It, it sort of it, it gave everyone a bit of an insight into the into the teams. That so quite often you'd have a roving reporter. You'd have Gary Newbon or, or Jim Rosenthal would go and, and do a, a piece in the in the changing rooms. Or they'd allow the cameras into the changing rooms after the match or into the tunnel. And it was it set the way for what I think Sky. I think Sky took the baton and then moved on and took it a lot further, which they could obviously do then because they had hours and hours of time that they could yeah. fill, whereas ITV didn't. But I said this in a piece I did, and I said it to Elton Wellesby when we had a chat, and um, he agreed that they, they they just tried to make it a, a football or a TV spectacle, which it hadn't been um, up until then. Mm. And um, yeah, I, I still still think that's the case.
0: It was the, the little graphics as well, like the, the logo. I remember they used to do like a... A program, a magazine that you could go buy in yeah. the newsagents as well. it was a magazine
2: and you could buy the program, if there was a game on yeah. the Sunday the, the, the match program was in the, probably your newsagents, Burt's or whatever it was that you did the paper round for
0: Burt's <laughs> was the one on my own, Frank's is the one I did the paper round oh, yeah. for, rivals, remember that. Um, do, yeah, do, so
1: did Bert and Frank often fight?
0: I, I they, they didn't get on, I don't I don't ever saw any fisticuffs, but, but they did we, didn't get on. Was it
1: like never the twain?
0: Yeah, never the twain shall <laughs> meet. <laughs> They would, they'd, they'd cross each other on the other side of the road if they saw each other. I reckon. <laughs> That's what I think. That's what I like to imagine in my head. Anyway, I remember on the on the program thing, I randomly have come across some the other day in my collection. I've got Southampton Liverpool from a game in the early nineties, and it must be something I just picked up going to the newsagents. All football, blah blah blah. But, but has... again, you didn't see any of this stuff, did yeah. you? I mean, now you could go online and you can order a program before the games even
2: started, you know, and you get it delivered, or you can get it the next day, or. You know, I mean, then it was such a novelty for somebody of that age to actually have access to yeah. this this kind of material. That's what was so exciting about it, and something that not anyone now would understand.
0: I think my favourite graphic as well, and I completely forgotten about this until I watched it earlier on. Is they gave the man the match tennis ball the champagne in. bottle, the champagne bottle that yeah. does this little popping motion, like a little GIF on the side of the screen before GIFs were even a thing. I was just like, oh. Just, I just loved it I just um... they, they,
2: I think they branded it didn't they yeah that's a term they branded it you had the icon you had you know the team team lineup when it came out it had the match the M for the match yeah. you know? it, it was just it was it was something we'd never seen it was something that done in America for years and years and years you had the, the anchor you had the presenter you had the, co- the commentator you, you know it was done so well there and it'd never been done here Apart from maybe cup final day, yeah. but the, ma- the match made every live game. And I think they only had about 20 live games to begin with, but every live game they had, they made an occasion of, and I think that's what they deserve a lot of credit
0: for. Mm. Let's talk about the game then. But um, you can. I, I, I could make a whole podcast about this just game alone. Um, QPR went into it, six games undefeated. United, eight games undefeated. I remember this is a game where we laugh as QPR fans. Everyone thinks they were there. I don't know the QPR attendance that day, but obviously it would be very marginal being at Old Trafford. I wasn't there. I admit I was at my nan's house watching it on New Year's Day with my dad, um, fully expecting us to maybe grind out a point because we were in good form and we were a decent team at the time. But never did I think the result that I saw in front of me would happen. Lots of bouncing around the room. Uh, Matthew, where were you in this uh, this famous day? Well, I wouldn't
2: have been a million miles away from where you are. I was watching this at a friend's house in Hastings. Oh, okay. Funnily enough, Um, I didn't go to the game. New Year's Day would have been, my dad probably wouldn't have wanted to take me. I went to the next home game against Everton, I seem to remember. But um, no, I watched it in my friend's living room in deepest, darkest Hastings. And,
0: uh, well, I'll let you
2: describe what happened. To
0: be honest, watching it again, you rarely see a QPR come out of the blocks as long as I can remember so quickly and so well I mean they absolutely dominated the first half uh, There were two goals up within five minutes Andy Simpson uh, scored the first one after a wiggly dummy over Clayton Blackmore Clayton Blackmore has an absolute nightmare in this game I didn't realise he's pretty much at fault from pretty much all the goals um, but that goes 1-0 up uh, then quickly after five minutes Dennis Bailey lobs uh, shoves off Clayton Blackmore again it's 2-0 after five minutes and you know it could have been. It could have been worse. There was another ch- a chance for Ian Holloway went close. In fairness, it should have been about seven. should yeah, it? Yeah, it really should, have. The first, especially in the first half. I I had a stat earlier on. I think I've lost it um, on my uh, computer. I was going to tweet it, and I've got really, I'll, get, I'll get it up in a second about the uh, the first half. But Wegley went close. Uh, Bailey could have scored a second. Oh, his own second in the first half, in which Brian Moore says, "QPR move that sliced open the United defence uh, which uh, maybe me... it, it wouldn't have taken much that day, to be honest. Well, you know
2: the you know the rumours. There is the myth. Game. I was
0: about to say that there's a myth that's come out after this, isn't yes. there? That uh, the United fa- uh, United players were a bit lagered up from the night before. Isn't well, the, that, the,
2: the night before was Steve Bruce and Alex Ferguson's birthdays, uh, and New Year's Eve, obviously. And um, rumor has it they were all out in the lash, and. Watching the highlights back again, it's, yeah, you could easily claim that was the case. But then that seems a bit harsh on QPR because QPR did absolutely put them to the sword, didn't they? They were they were far quicker and far better. But then maybe that's because United players were. Hanging out on their asses, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. But I, choose, I think I that's a to, bit harsh.
0: Yeah, I choose not to believe that story because in <laughs> the first half, <laughs> they were keeping our seven shots to United 2, which, you know, they're not amazing figures. but well, our, they,
2: Are you going by the stats that were shown on the map? Oh, I am. Uh, my logo, yeah. logo,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, I had to screen grab that. I was very into the graphics. I had a graphics geek out this afternoon. Um, also, like to uh, see him, Ryan Giggs, get the Young Eagle of the Month award at half time. That made me laugh. I tell you what,
2: watching the highlights again today, I don't think Giggs was at that party because when he came on, he
0: was by well, far he? the best player. Yeah, he completely yeah. made the difference because he came on from Mike Thielen. <laughs> uh, Keeper could have scored again just before that, um, but then he came on and I think he made a bit more of a difference. I mean, Keeper obviously went on. Bailey second, lifted over Schmeichel to make it 3 uh, nil. Brian McClaire then what? hits uh, a consolation goal at 3 uh, 1 with 10 minutes to go before. Bailey gets his hat trick for one. Again, it's Clayton Blackmore who loses possession in midfield. But yeah, I think Giggs—he won the free kick for the main night goal, and also then um, within the build-up set up the the pass from mcclare as well. So yeah, you know, he, he did, made the difference. He when he came make, on. If he'd started the game, maybe it would have been different. But it's uh, yeah, that was in the
2: era when yeah, Ferguson was really sort of easing him in gradually, wasn't he? I mean, he was, we could all see at the time what a great player he was, but Ferguson was reluctant to sort of burn him out. So quite often rest him and, and bring him on but I mean one thing we should really say about this fixture is that how key it was in, in that yeah, season so this is title race
0: until we chatted about it in it when we did the season podcast I didn't really realise how significant it was to United season but yeah tell us why
2: well United have played Leeds on the 29th of December at Ellen Road, one of three games that they played against each other in about two weeks, because they played in the FA Cup they played in the League Cup when Donald Trump drew them out at the top of the Trump Tower and saying greasy um, and they had drawn 1-1 in hold the League Hold on, game. hold on, I need to jump in there Donald Draw. Trump also
1: drew Middlesbrough against Peterborough Peter, Middlesbrough, yeah, I think it was the first one out yeah. this weekend, yeah, so sorry, yeah. I just started jumping The there.
2: irony um, So yeah, United have gone there <laughs>
1: Hold on Remind me, there's another irony about that we need to talk about once we've
2: gone off air. OK. Right. And <laughs> you, you've, pro- you, you've probably had about another six bottles of yeah.
0: go, go to ITV2 for the, the off-air <laughs> section <laughs> of the <laughs> podcast. Carry on, Matthew.
2: Um, yeah, so United are drawn away at Leeds, another game that was live on the match. Um, but going into this game, I think United were two points clear at the top. They'd only lost one game... All season, that yeah. was away at Sheffield Wednesday, which I was at. I remember Alex Ferguson getting hit by a coin thrown from the crowd. Um, so, there were two points clear. Leeds had a game in hand, but United were in the driving seat. And it, everyone thought this was the season United were going to finally win the league for the first time in 25 years. Um, it was all, it was, it was, I wouldn't say it was theirs to to give up because Leeds were a good team and uh, they were fighting hard, but there were two points clear. And everyone thought this was a, a given, this game. And obviously, QPR went there, turned United over and it really did turn their season because they'd only lost once up until this game after this game, I think they they drew, they lost four more games but it was the draws that really killed United I think they drew nine games at about 15 after this and just dropped points here, there and everywhere, Leeds had a terrific run of form, I remember them getting beaten by City, Manchester City 4-0 or 4-1 and then after that they just went into overdrive and I think they didn't lose a game again all season and um, Agonisingly, and I've said it on this podcast many a time, the worst period in my life following football was the United blowing that season because everyone thought that was the season they were going to clinch the title, and they lost it. And where did they lose it? Anfield, live on the match
0: yeah. again. Save the match is so important to this season. Um, I think. Although we've... saying that, I've bigged up the match a lot, obviously, but in this game, they missed two goals almost, didn't they? Yeah, because the, the, the highlight, you missed the build-up to them, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, one of them, it just cut straight to the balls that sort of are yeah. going in the nets, And even in the replays, they don't actually show what happened. I've seen it because there's a, a club version of the game you can watch, um, which is the whole game. Um, but yeah, the, the actual TV coverage, they nearly cut it off. It was nearly five towards the end as well. This is the only disappointment of this this game. that um, I think it's Andy Sinton who completely mugs Steve Bruce, who's probably hanging at this point because it's right at the end of the game. He squares it to Wegley, who, you know, everybody knows my my obsession with Roy Wegley. He could have made it five to top it off, but he didn't. Well,
2: well, another thing I've noticed watching it back is, I remember when we did did a look back at the season a couple of years ago, and I remember saying how when the Premier League came along, everyone thinks it was all being sort of glamorous and glitzy and, and lovely pitches and kits and all shiny and everything. But it's amazing when you look at this game, just, what, six months or so before the Premier League started, how... Old school, it looks. I mean, a yeah. pitch is like a pudding. There's, I can't remember what the attendance was. About 39, thousand. Yeah, I think I got it, yeah. There's gaps galore in the terracing. And it just looked like proper old school football. And it's funny to think that the following season was the season that everyone believes that football... Yeah, change for the better that's
0: why we love the 90s is the the, the change from 90 to 90 yeah. it is a, a couple of little tidbits to finish off on this um, there's a great quote from Dennis Bailey who obviously got the hat trick um, he said I went into the United Dress room pushed the door open with a big grin on my face and said can you sign my ball please <laughs> I can remember they were all sitting down and Steve Rippers was almost directly in front of me. He had his head down and I'm standing there saying, can you sign my ball, please? I didn't get a whisper. Absolute silence. In the end, I thought, sod this, this ain't going to happen. <laughs> so he strolled into the Bay United dressing room. Um, he remains the last league player to score a hat-trick at Old Trafford and the last player to score a hat-trick at Old Trafford and be on the winning side. Matthew, do you know the only other player who'd scored a hat-trick at Old Trafford during, since that point? Since then, but not on the winning team. But not on the winning team.
1: So it's in a 4-3, so it's like Andy
0: Corlos, the Newcastle player. It's a European adventure. Oh. Uh, God knows. He got a, a stand ovation at Old Trafford as he left the Ren- pitch. Is
1: he Dan
2: or something? It's Ren- like Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Ronaldo, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: Ronaldo. The only other player to score a hat-trick since. David, uh, Darren, no, what's his name? David Bentley scored a hat-trick, but that was at Ewood Park. But no one has scored a, uh, a league hat-trick at Old Trafford since. Dennis Bailey. Uh, for Man United, uh, for QPR against Man United, He went on to score 30 uh, 10 goals in 39 games, never really worked out for him. Lanes to Cheltenham and Watford, he now works for his local church and in sports coaching. Uh, and the end of that season, United finished second, as Matthew said, won the League Cup, QPR finished 11th, and actually didn't win another game after this until the 7th of March. So it was, it was fun right last year. We actually beat Man City that day 4-0, so we really did give Manchester a whooping that season. Um, but yeah, a very very memorable day for yeah. But
1: what happened on the last day of the season in what was it, 2012, when QPR were playing
0: Manchester City? Yeah. It, yeah, they
1: rolled over and had your tummies tickle. I think. Oh, they loved it. Oh, they loved it. It was we, such a nice day for them, though, Matthew.
0: We were we were up. We yeah. didn't. We stayed up. We didn't care about that, at that point. <laughs> Stoke hadn't beaten Bolton. we were all fine. We were fine. Yeah. What, what Keep the it nineties. Yeah, what happens at the top stays at the top. That's all I'm saying. Um, for, for those interested, this the QPR team that day, and I'm going to reel it off because they're legends: Jase Gill, Bardsley, McDonald, Peacock, Wilson, Stinson, Holloway, Wilkins, Barker, Bailey, and Wegley Four one Peacock
1: trafford. probably had. I mean Newcastle when they signed Peacock, and then had Venison. Must have had the worst hair of, of the hair. in the yeah. Premier League. Mike Hooper yeah. as well.
0: Yeah, well, a lot of hair there. Mark Hosico. Harrisford. They wasn't he at Right Back as well? Had he had long hair as well. Terrible haircuts. Yeah, cuts. lots of bad haircuts. Ginilla. Yeah, obviously. Hang on a minute, Hang on a minute,
2: Gin- Joe. Yeah, well, Gin- yeah, well, Gin- Hang on a minute, Jolt. Jolt. And sexy. What? <laughs> I- I've seen We're him talking of you.
0: about my yeah. hair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're not one to talk about
2: <laughs> hair, Joe. Well, let's be honest. Craig Johnson. That's a. Craig
0: Johnston, that is, 1986. <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting hey, there inventing he, the, predator, he, he yeah. the Predator, yeah.
1: He invented the Predator He
0: did invent the Predator, oh. keep it 80s, yeah. Um, yeah. We're keeping it Man United, actually, for our next topic, because was quite rightly said he wanted to stay out of that one and let us revel in the, well, me revel in the, the Man United QPR game. But we're going to another game. This game, I think, I always recall was Sky's orgasm before the orgasm, in terms of this was their big, <laughs> best game ever until Liverpool 4, Man, uh, Newcastle 3 in 1996, But before that, on the 4th of January 1994, on a Tuesday night, they had Liverpool 3, Manchester United 3. Um, fantastic game. We'll go to Matthew in a minute. But Joel, you've recently been... Looking at this game What do you remember About this, this Is it the big Comeback isn't it <laughs> He's looking it. at it Through the Listers. bottom Of a bottle
1: of Heineken Yeah <laughs> Basically listeners What's happened is you, um, Behind the I curtain was, I was stuck on the tube And then I went I'm going to run home And watch this game And as you've been Listening to these two Wax lyrical About well, me. Um, <laughs> About QPR Versus thingy, And that's why I wasn't paying Any attention To when I named The top five clubs Because I was too busy Watching this game again Um Yeah um, gig skinned uh, Jimmy Redknapp I like that You know very much That was the second goal First goal Steve Bruce A classic Steve Bruce What's he doing
0: up there That's what I thought He was always doing that Yeah but in yeah. So early on in the game It's not even a corner It's He's just up yeah, there Yeah
1: but you
2: always Send
1: one of them up And it was never Going to be Pallister Was it
2: Yeah not with his, uh, not with his. It, not with his it is a, it is a strange <laughs> point that actually because I remember, do you remember Bruce scored nineteen goals in the season yeah. in 90, 1990-91. 90, a lot of them were penalties, but he, we went through. A, he was quite a high scoring centre back, but yeah, because I think that opening goal was after about five or six minutes, yeah. wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And, and so yeah, why was he? Why was he venturing forward? No, I,
1: I really loved it. I, I like, well, I loved like, it, centre yeah, forward but, uh, and just planted it on the fore Running, time it to perfection. I love cross that ball. well. Yeah. Do we? Do, who, who have we got at the moment in the Premier League who are uh, a, a scoring, you know, a cross-scoring defender, right? centre back especially? Um, we'll so get I Dijk it is, Van Dyke scores it. Van Dyke. Yeah. I mean,
2: not. I'll I, be. Yeah. And, um, Lovren cracked one in the other week, didn't he?
0: Uh, against Newcastle, they no David Unsworth, are they? Let's be honest. Or Steve Watson.
2: No, but
1: the like borough we had, um, we've got. Um, oh, it was Hugel that scored the other day, but um, it, it, Ayala gets a lot of them. Aidan Flint, the nine-foot-tall <laughs> defender, he gets a lot of them when crosses in. I, 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 is is that a bit of a lost art? It so. does seem a bit.
2: Uh, the only thing I'd say is quite often it's from corners or maybe when the defender's going up, but it, it's very rare that. A defender scores after five minutes for a header course, know,
1: from yeah, six again, yards I can't out. But I mean, maybe I mean that was obviously part of the plan. Just send send big massive Steve Bruce. Up. Actually, while I think about it, Steve Bruce not taking the uh, Sheffield Wednesday job until the first of February because he wants to go and watch England versus West the West Indies in the West Indies of cricket. Is my favorite story for you. What does he expect to do? Has he just sent them a list of players that he might kind
2: of like? But well, that's like, <laughs> do you remember on Championship Manager, you could take a manager
0: holiday manager and come holiday, back
2: yeah. in for you know, you could set the.
1: As soon as I saw it, I was like, this is the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, because this is on, this is apparently the story. This is on my bucket list. This yeah. is what I want to do. I, I don't, don't really know why they're waiting for him
0: me either. I mean, um, he's, he's long past his best, Steve Bruce. I think he's a bit of a myth in modern-day football as a manager. So, yeah, I don't know why they're even bothering waiting for him. But can't be, I don't think there's anyone who's managed both Sheffield United and sheffield Wednesday, is there? Not like I can remember off the top of my head.
2: But, um, but he, he, know, he's, he's got, got form for that, though, hasn't he? He
0: seems to have managed all kinds of... He managed Birmingham, Birmingham and, and Villa, there, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, Birmingham and Villa, yeah. Yeah he's been about Steve Bruce, just Bruce no, He's been linked with us so if He
1: doesn't come to Borough I'll be He honest. must have he's a great Sunderland.
0: He must have a great Pension scheme Mustn't he Because oh all goodness. those clubs yeah. He's been I
1: mean No wonder Alex Bruce Is so lippy on Twitter Because <laughs> <laughs> he's safe
0: As houses Yeah is very safe Yeah well, It's like Stoke They're already linked With bloody Allardyce And Moyes Aren't they And it's just like Oh here we go again but, <sighs>
1: the British Managers Club. Yeah, exactly. Well, As the... talked about on Athletic Comments, and obviously yeah. I've got to give a big shout-out to Andy and Bob.
0: We're all slipping Anybody down. who's
1: listening, to this is listening to Athletic Comments, anyway. Like yeah, exactly. You
0: know. They're slipping down to the championship, these uh, these manager club now, aren't they? So at least they're going down the level of the leagues. Um, but yeah, let's go back to this game. Um, I mean, this is a very different Man United, Matthew, isn't it? Because this is a Man United going into this game, leading the Premier League, Liverpool in all sorts of... Mediocriness at the point at this point, eighth in the league, and a team that included, you know, Julian Dix, um, young players, people, Steve Nicol on his way out, Bruce Grobbler kind of on his way out. This was not a livable team, certainly not of what you're used to. in this Man United, this is, do you know, what I was thinking this earlier when I was watching this game. This is probably my favourite Man United team. I think, yeah, it was it was them at their peak, wasn't it? and is I think Cam that
2: Kelskis there at this yeah, point? Yeah, yeah. I think that that spell that they when they went through it up, they were through it up within what. Twenty odd minutes, twenty-five minutes. Like, yeah. Um, while we
1: while we're talking about defenders, the Dennis Irwin free kick. Isn't it wasn't that. Peach? That's
2: probably the greatest free kick I think I've ever seen. I, I think I've said that on this podcast before. It's it's just unsavable. It's just in that. Oh, area it's
1: perfect. That- and like it's 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 fullbacks taking free kicks like that. He was, brilliant. he was brilliant at that, though, wasn't yeah, he? He was, was brilliant. And he would always brilliant. like firing penalties when he needed to. Yeah, I, really, he... I wouldn't call him underrated is the wrong word, isn't it? But is he thought about
2: as much as he perhaps should be? Um, Dennis Irwin. Well, I think he is among people that watch he... that team, but maybe not. If you know... he
0: did a Man United all-time 11, I can't think of anyone else who'd be at left-back other than Dennis Irwin, surely. Well, not for our generation. No, I mean I'm trying to think who's come along since. Not even ever. I don't think. Well,
2: I think ever would probably get the vote, in the fact really? that when when it well he's a sexist <laughs> Well, when it comes to these polls, people basically just go by what the last thing they remember, don't they? It's like when people vote for the greatest record or whatever, they just go by and like whatever's number one just turns up. Yeah, number four but I mean, way. if I think I think if you followed United for any length of time and, and knew and knew your stuff without sounding snobbish you know you've got to put erwin in there i'd say because right, right, so he, he, right. he was key he, he was key it was key a time when as well yeah and at a time when united you know he came when united you know weren't winning leagues and then he, and he suddenly turned them into a team that went on to win god knows you know leagues and, and all kinds so he was he was pivotal like so many players like that are you know i mean we go back to what we said at the beginning about people like van dyke and, and people you know that. You sign players like that, and you know straight away that they've, they've turned the team. And, and Canton gets a lot of credit for it, but I think Erwin deserves just as much. You credit. might have heard it's me
1: made a, make a noise there, and make a yeah, I, t- there. I tried to gloss yeah. over that. What yeah. was that noise um, but what it is is that my YouTube has gone on to um, has gone on to United versus Chelsea in the Champions League final, oh, and when Naldo comes running up, and then does it and then he gets his uh, then check saves his goal and that was why I went <laughs> because I didn't want to scream out you're an idiot but um, you'll be pleased to know Matthew that Manchester United are just about to win the uh, European Champions League oh yeah they have because yeah. Terry's at the post oh,
0: what a moment yeah. that was I, I, I ran up where well, I lived in a flat with a friend of mine at that point and uh, we ran up and down the whole level of flats cheering once uh, Terry had missed it was <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good old, good old John Terry. Uh, did he? Did Daston did Villa beat QPR? Oh, no, four points. Thank you, JT. Thank you very much.
1: Hey, mate, I told you that won me 120 quid the well,
0: other day, that. Uh, you're, you're, it's worth every penny to see JT no, not get one, away. Yeah. Well, you're a
2: tenner of that. You owe Ashley, or is it the other way? Right? No, no, I owe yeah. him. No, him. No, you owe me a tenner. Okay. Yeah. So we haven't talked about the rest of these
1: goals. Um, what happens is, Ince gives away a free kick in the middle of the park in this game uh, for Manchester United. And club. Just absolutely bloody rocket. a it. Whack, I mean, isn't it? What do we think about Nigel Clough as a player? Was he yeah. good enough for Liverpool? Was he not good enough? Like, what would he be? Would he be? He a was definitely good like enough for Liverpool. A, he was Britton a brilliant Bell? player,
0: right club, wrong br- time. Yeah, is what I think. well. I think he, he was, was a brilliant
2: player yeah. at Forest. Uh, but the problem with that Liverpool team is, what well, problem? You know, that Liverpool team had a lot of great, potentially good players that just. And Julian didn't Dix. well, they just didn't work out. I mean, my old mate Mark Wright was playing there. I, mean, I remember when he signed for them. He was one of the top centre backs in the country, wasn't he? I mean, yeah, he was, was England, he, yeah, yeah, And, left and left he right was linked right. strongly with linked strongly with United. I mean, I think United went for palace in, in the end. But um you know, two point three
1: from Middlesbrough football. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, you know, so there were all these key sort of players that they, they would sign in, in I mean, they, these days you'd call them marquee signings, wouldn't you? They were sort of like the, the top. Dean Saunders was one of them, Mark Wright, um, Nigel Clough. You know, they sort of wanted to get all these the best players from various clubs. They did it with Collymore, you know, but they didn't. I don't think they did it in a sort of organic way that, that they are doing it now. And maybe like City are doing it now. They're not, they're not putting the right pegs in the right holes. I think they were just going, oh, well, he's the best Centre back apparently, so we'll buy him. Or he's the best centre forward, we'll buy him. And sometimes that doesn't always work.
0: I don't, don't think do the transition worked. Did that? I think they had two generations not quite mixing. Because you look at this team, it's like you have got John Barnes, Ian Rush, Steve Nicol, and then you've also got the new signings like Nigel Clough and Julian Dix. But then yeah. Robbie Fowler and Jamie Redknapp. It was too much change going on yeah. at one point. Well, well there were too many There were a lot. Of, it's amazing how
2: a lot of those Liverpool players still stayed in that team for so long. John yeah. I mean, Barnes. As much as I love him, he's one of the best players I've ever seen, but he, he seems to stay in that Liverpool team for a long, long time when
0: I think he probably shouldn't have done. But, and, I remember know, a bit of that was in the uh, sort of late 90s, and he still, he's still going then as well, so he still went on yeah, for a bit. But, but, um, I mean, you know, like you
2: say, Nickel and you know, all great players in that sort of 87, 88 team, but to think that they were still there, what, six years later? Um, yeah, I think the trans- it was a transitional period for Liverpool that seemed to go on for about 10 years, didn't
0: yeah, it? Yeah, the 90s, basically after yeah. they won the league in, in 1990. Um, we haven't talked about the, the winner. The win is, is kind of amusing at the same time. It's a uh, nil It's not a winner. Equalizer. Oh, sorry, equaliser, sorry, uh, from a sneak in your Bjornaby cross. I don't think we've mentioned that name many times on here. Um, he heads it in. Because uh, it actually was three, two at half times. So there was only one goal in the second half. This came 10 minutes from time. It, you've never
2: seen a game turn so quickly. When United, I think United were almost three yeah. up too quickly because they were absolutely rampant for that 20-odd minutes. And then as soon as Clough pulled that goal back, it was like there was a, just a complete switch in the atmosphere. The the cot went mad. Um, you could just sense there was a change. And then certainly when it went 3-2, I think Schmeichel was, seemed a little bit wrong-footed for at least one of those goals. He, one of them, he just sort of rolled, lay, lay down and let it roll past him. But I think when it went to 3-2, I think I, at the time, expected Liverpool to win it. It just seemed like a complete change of uh, momentum. So I wasn't I wasn't surprised at all when it went
0: three three, but he seemed to headbutt one of the the defender that he beats for the header, I and mean, he's trying to celebrate yeah. with Jamie Redknapp, Re- and he's he's half kind of half concussed because he can't really stand up, um, Neil Ruddock, and that must have been some whack because obviously Neil Ruddock's a, he was a big guy then, he's even bigger these days, but he was a big guy then, um, and it, and it's three three. I mean, it's where's it stand for you, Joel? I mean, in those great early games, you've literally just watched it. It's it's end to end stuff, isn't it?
1: Oh, I, I I quite enjoyed it. You know, I'd sort of not put it out of my mind, but I think like you said earlier on, Ash, you know, it's been overshadowed by Newcastle and Manchester mm. United and all that business. But I really enjoyed it. And I was completely impressed by Nigel Clough.
0: Yeah, I I think he was a great player. I think he's just unlucky. Again, again he, his England career, wrong time. You know, England It's kind we're in. of
1: like, do you think it's it sort of like, yeah, he came at the wrong time there. He he came through at Nottingham Forest under his dad, so there's always that sort nepotism, of, yeah. Yeah, there's always that always. head. and then at Liverpool he went in in not a bad Liverpool side, but probably by their standards of the last twenty years, a failing side. Yeah. So yeah, um, and, he, and
0: then he did okay at City after that as well. But again, at the City team on the on the way down, so he never yeah. really made that right move at the right time either. Um, great kit. Has but you know, he's, well. in his
1: management career, he managed to make, beat Middlesbrough in the quarterfinals of the League Cup. The yeah. so, you know. They're going to get
0: battered in that semi-final, aren't they? let be <laughs> Absolutely battered. But yeah, I mentioned the kit, the great May United black kit. It's one of the best kits of the decade, I have to say that. Absolutely Sharp view cam. Sharp view cam. Absolutely adore that kit. And also, going back to the graphics I was talking about the match earlier, the sky graphics and this. I don't know if you guys noticed this. The, when Liverpool, uh, when Man United are three 0 up, and they show the first score, thing I noticed, it's the, like it, half it, it the, fills screen. the screen.
1: <laughs> it just comes up and it goes. Yeah. Well, it does that on every goal. It goes. Oh wow. It's <laughs> like wow, that's
0: new. Calm down, you Sky. Know? Calm down.
1: I
2: kind of quite like that though. I We yeah. would do that now. I think school. it's a shame. I think it's. I think they've gone very sort of generic, Sky. Yeah, with the logo. Well, not just Sky, but same with BBC. But they're awful fa cup coverage you know, it all goes very oh, generic don't you don't you know that, you've man. always got to have a poem or somebody rapping or, or some kind of awesome arty yeah, yeah. like come I, on let's I'm just talk about the football just like, i'd love the... it to just still keep that same monday night football or the sun super sunday graphic almost as a tradition you know like how Match of the day has kept the music here we the go, issue is, here Matthew, we go, this the,
0: is, it. that's what they should have kept. with
1: the With the, BB, with the BBC, the issue is, is they've got to make it all inclusive, so they kind of have to include all that stuff to try to try to get people into the game and blah 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 blah. But Sky could do all those big, brash, silly, ridiculous graphics, and bam, yeah. this is the score. Boom, here it is. I mean the music.
2: I mean, I mean how many times Sky if they've gone down that route? And it's not a modern, a recent thing, but they've gone down that route of the music being a, a chart record of some era or another haven't they yeah, yeah. you know i mean why not stick to a, that classic here we go um, here we yeah go, this i is mean it. I, again if you watch a, a lot Latin of a american... fair
1: the views that um that is it a tiny temper record for like what about four or five year now
2: yeah but it will be it was something before that it would be something again i mean again i'm a big fan of watching american sports on tv i love the fact that they're as much as america is you know, so so commercialized and, and as it is, they they tend to stick to their guns with it when it comes is to things still like TV coverage,
1: like football, yeah, is, uh, the superstars, music. yeah,
2: and th- you know, and things like that. That's what I was going to say. You know, it's there's, as much as it's a, a hugely commercial country that will you know, sell its own grandmother for a dollar. It will. It tends to stick to it, its traditions. I mean, you know, the fact that there's no sort of shirt sponsorship and you know, it, it just seems. And I, I envy their TV coverage because it's almost like how the match was when it first started here, like we said at the beginning of the, of the chat. That, whereas America things was like... so wacky at that point, though. It, it, I always remember, you know, John Lennon's
1: death was announced by... uh it, it, oh God, what's he called on Monday Night Football? Howard Cosell yeah. announced yeah. John Lennon's death live on the American
2: football. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is just bloody nuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just think I just it would be nice to... You know, I don't know to, have,
1: to have a what do we call it in the television industry a, um, a composite corporate theme? And yeah, music. yeah,
2: a, gonna... a, a sort of a consistency. Because, like I say, that, I mean, this weekend is one of the worst weekends for football coverage, in my opinion. Because the FA Cup is going to come around. We're going yeah. to have games all over. We're going to have different. Uh, we're going to have those awful montages. We're going to have raps. We're going to have poems. We're going to have all kinds of things. They're, they're going gonna... to try
1: to convince us. Is it Tottenham versus Tranmere? Friday
2: night. Oh, Friday night.
1: night, yeah. Friday night. So they're going to convince Wolves. us that this is like a big thing and it's Scouse versus Cockney and, and blah,
0: blah. And Tottenham will play their, their fourth string team. Yeah, oh, easily. And especially now after
2: what happened tonight, you know, Liverpool yeah. aren't going to play anyone against Wolves and a city of a like? I
0: think. That... You know, I mean, Wolves. Well, Liverpool. because
2: they know that about. 10 million people will tune in to watch Liverpool it's the mm. same cause I think they've got United Reading as well and they do it purely because they know that people are going to go oh United on the TV that's why they yeah, do it yeah it's but...
1: absolutely right i, but, but, I mean, that, sat in those
2: meetings yeah that's, that's by the by it's the, it's the coverage that gets me I just find it so ugh, it's just it's imp- cringeworthy you know and I know it doesn't all come down to your starting title music and your your graphics and everything but it would just be to so me think, it would be I a bit of a, a knob of- to the past you know I think
1: a lot of television coverage now, not on Sky so much, basically. But I, I, I think a lot of other stuff is run by people who don't know football, yeah. who are trying to What's TV do people something. Who trying to, for want of a better phrase, radio want it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And oh, making
1: people the kids, and it's like I mean, even like anyway, you know, I, like I like cricket. I didn't get into cricket till I was. 28 or something ridiculous you know if people want to love this thing they're going to love it regardless of whether
2: you've got yeah i mean even look, even when a game goes to a break now which is a bad reference because obviously on, on bbc but like when a game goes to an advert break on sky is there even a a theme intro if that's the right word you know is there any music no, that it, takes it, you to cut, that break it just cuts now i think doesn't it it yeah. just seems to just go to the an advert via a betting betting sort of commercial, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, but you can say that
1: across the board with television. I think, like, yeah, like, what's yeah, a, I agree. What's the what's a great television theme of
2: the last five years? Yeah, yeah, and, and you don't and you don't Anyone? get to hear the, you don't get to hear them because as soon as get, a program finishes, it cuts to the sort of uh, uh, continuity and out. You watch the Simpsons now, and the, the new Simpsons are
1: absolutely appallingly bad. But yeah. their credits are like are like uh, uh, the, the clouds. Couch Skag bang in, and then everything else is cut. And it, it, I mean, we're getting into a television discussion there. Strictly um, Come
0: Dancing—that's got a good theme chain.
1: Strictly, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, But Strictly's been on fourteen. Yeah, years I know. I was that
0: trying was to that. think something new, but I couldn't. <laughs> love it. So, yeah, love it. There's obviously Sunday people brunch that do. Is only,
1: Sunday has being on six year.
0: Is Seven really? year. I don't know the theme chain yeah. to that. <laughs> I just, I did, I did really. I just wanted you to do it. You asshole! <laughs> honestly, um, we've gone on for a massive tangent, and we've still got one tiny subject for Joel to actually have, get his teeth into. Um, so just wrap up on that.
1: Well, it's not. It's like, I
0: think it's more for Matthew to be honest. With you. No, no. You, you, you talk. I'm gonna. Catch up with you and have about three cans of pear cider. Exactly. You know. <laughs> well, this is only. A li-
1: not even honestly.
0: It's a little tidbit because there's a lot of Man United, and obviously I, I talked about QPR. So I, I, this is just something that I happened on the first of January 1997. It's a player we've talked about. It's an excuse to say uh, about that famous picture as well. It was the last time Brian Robson laced up his boots. His last ever professional game at the time he was playing for Middlesbrough. We've talked a lot about the manager of Middlesbrough, but Joe, what what did the player? Of Brian Robson, even at that late stage in his career, did what did he bring? Oh, to
1: goodness me, in that NZ League Division One, there you go, there's one that like, Um,
0: you are was... the number one now. That was a great <laughs> TV for tune. He was, he
1: was really,
0: really yeah. excellent,
1: and I was there for his only goal that he scored. Oh, that was um, going to be my
0: quiz question, but you've beaten me to it. Go on, it was
1: Vale. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on a Sunday afternoon. We were live on Time Tees. And I was in the Dolly end, which used to be able to get in for like a fiver to go and watch the Borough. And we had like one Dolly card, with like a, a UB40, uh, actually. And we would hand it over to each other. So one would go in and then hand it back. And then the next one would go in. And yeah, it was a, it was against Portville. It was a, it's a great goal as well, if you want to go and yeah, watch I it. it earlier.
0: Yeah, I watched it oh, earlier. It's,
1: a, it's like a rocket from outside mm. the box. And that's the only goal he scored for us. Um, I... <laughs> The look, I know that Middlesbrough are what they are now. You know, Tony Pulis is in charge. We've got the stadium, but blah blah blah. But Brian Robson was the most in. I would say he's in the top three most important men in the history of Middlesbrough Football Club. Claim, big claim. I, I I I don't think it's wrong. I would say Steve. Oh Gibson, no, I'm not.
0: Yeah,
1: I would say Steve Gibson. Brian Robson and, I mean, I'm not going to say Janino, probably somebody wacky like uh, Wilf Manion or somebody, I would say. Um, but those two, um, Gibson and Robson, absolutely the most I- important because we wouldn't have got all of the fun that came after Brian Robson. And now all that's faded away. Now we are essentially the club that we were 25 years ago, I guess. Yeah, actually, not 20. Six years ago, because we're in 2019, you know, with a club that Lenny Lawrence had now, because we haven't got that excitement of having a new stadium, having one of the greatest ever England players as our manager. We just don't have that now. We're just a very born average club. But Brian Robson, he always says that, you know, the first time he came to Middlesbrough and he drove around the car, he said it was full of kids wearing Manchester United, Liverpool, Arsenal shirts. And he said that by the time he left, it was kids wearing Middlesbrough shirts everywhere he looked. And I, that's the best thing he
0: did for yeah. What more that can you town do?
1: Yeah. Is that uh, now, even now when I go home, everybody is wearing Borough shirts. You don't, you might see the odd one, but you don't see that anymore. It's um, Brian Robson, fantastic. Although that game, you know, obviously he decided after the three-point debacle <laughs> that he should basically play himself and him and have you got the list there who played that the oh,
0: One time that no, I haven't, <laughs> oh,
1: <my laughs> I can God. get it up. I mean, though. it must be, I'm, I'm guessing it's kind of Steve Vickers and Schwarzer and.
0: Oh, no, I have Should got have it. At I it? have got it. No I, no, no, I didn't let you down. I have got it. Yeah, I can tell you the whole thing. Walsh Go Cox, Vickers, uh, Craig Liddell. Walsh,
1: I mean, Walsh for it. Have I told the Gary Walsh story before?
0: Shorts back to front.
2: Yeah,
0: there you go. That was yeah. That's on the new. That's on the 2019 bingo card. Yeah, yeah. uh, Clayton Blackmore, we've mentioned a lot tonight. Emerson, Giannino, Musto, Brian Robson, the great Mikkel Beck and uh, Ferrizzo Raminelli. And then Hignett came on for Giannino in the 79th minute. Dog.
1: I told you the story about um...
0: <laughs> Clayton <Yes>.
1: Blackmore.
0: <laughs> I don't know about Clayton Blackmore. I thought you were going to say Emerson.
1: Ah, you see. Um, Clayton Blackmore. Um, so once in the programme, we were just laughing. Because we used to do like a play profile every yeah. <laughs> week. And then it, it was Clayton Blackmore. It's like, what's your favourite type of music? Soft rave. Ooh. So we laughed at this for years and years and years. And then about 18 months ago, we tweeted him and said, Clayton, why do you like soft rave? Like, what was the crack with that? And he said, oh, I only said that with pressed My Girlfriend. But I soon got rid of them. And now I'm shagging somebody much better. <laughs> I was like, getting Clayton.
0: <laughs> what is soft rave? Wild, like
1: like I, I would guess, it would be things like
0: Rosala. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I
2: was going to say early '90s dance music. Yeah, yeah it was like which, sort which of like is It's not quite
1: too unlimited, but <laughs>
0: Rosala
1: and um, yeah, Kim Sins, okay. people like that. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, but I mean, it was. It, you know, I, I think if you were going to say your top three people in the dream at the football club, you'd have to say Gibson and Robson and then the third would be sort of up for grabs and whether that would be Wilf Manion or whether that would be George Hardwick or Harold Stevenson or somebody like that. It, 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 but those two, certainly. Mm.
0: A quick word then, Matthew. I mean, Brian Robson, very much an 80s player, but he won the league at United. Um, very fondly remembered always, obviously. Yeah, I mean, he did
2: He should sort have of hung on Towards the end, I think because the United was so desperate for him to win the league that he He won the he league so deserved. twice. He did win. Yeah. He did, yeah. I he mean, he of, did it came to was a bit against tight. Wimbledon, like, late on in that yeah, first I was, season. I was up yeah. again, the, the season that the you know, United won it for the first time in twenty six yeah. years. Went to Plough Lane and there are about twenty five thousand away fans there. And he, he scored a typical mm. Robson goal, sort of bundled his way through and then waxed it under the keeper. But um yeah, I mean he were deserved. there Plough Lane, Matthew. Yes, yeah, the, yeah. Because well, uh, I, no, that was I, I, yeah, sorry, that was Sellers Sellers Park. Park that game, yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I did go to yeah. I went, I saw United at Plough Lane many a time.
1: What? Yeah. But, but, so you? So the United fans
2: outnumbered the Wimbledon fans. Yeah. Well, uh, when United played at Sellers Park that day, I think there were about twenty-five thousand away fans
0: and about four thousand home fans. Yeah, that but was when, the same for a few seasons, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, and then, but the, I don't know if you've ever went to Plough Lane, but the, yeah. the Plough Lane away in was like a vast sort of bank behind the goal that was divided into two and it was, all, it was a great away end because I think it must have held about eight or nine thousand and it was just, I mean, good old Wimbledon, it wasn't their fault but it was just they gave, they gave a lot of allocation to away fans so it was always a... Was I, just, a I, I, just, I just brought it up because um, Sunderland played at Blackpool,
1: um, was it yeah. on New Year's Day and, they, and Sunderland had taken more than Blackpool had. Which
2: I just oh yeah, but really yeah, important. I mean United have or you know, in the seventy when United went down into the second division in the seventies, which is a great story in itself. But I mean they famously used to take like twenty odd thousand to Blackpool, twenty. I think they took twenty five thousand to Sheffield Wednesday once. I mean because let's face it, they probably all the clubs could probably do that now if it was a case of just open up the gates and queue up and pay on the day. I mean I think United, Liverpool, yeah I agree, Arsenal. You know I mean the away fans and away allocation now is so regimented. But you remember. Joel you know the old days I mean Arsenal would bring 10,000 to Old Trafford easily I remember Millwall bringing about 10,000 when they first came up in the in the late 80s and I mean now it's so sort of regimented isn't it you can't really get an away ticket that easily and away fans aren't really treated they're given such a small allocation tucked away in the corner but there were certain grounds that you could easily get an allocation of sort of a good seven, eight, nine thousand, 9,000 which was great but um, sadly it's sort of it's all gone, but um, yeah, Brian Robson. If there's anyone listening to this that doesn't remember him in his peak, which I can't believe there is, I mean, just Google Brian Robson. What's your monster. favourite Robson goal? 85 semi-final replay. No, that was quick off the Man. mark. What he's straight <laughs> in there. Um, Liverpool United, drawn at Cuddleton Park in the first game, an epic um, replay on the Wednesday night at Main Road. And Brian Robson steams through, gets it, plays a 1-2. And goes through and puts it past Grobler from about where
1: would he be? Because like he was 1.5 million from West Brom. Yeah, signed by Ron Atkinson. Yeah, yeah,
0: 1981.
1: Yeah, um, where is he? Would he be top ten? Would he be top
2: twenty?
0: Where yeah. would he be for what you? Do you do? With oh, if he put Dennis Irwin in he, the all-time Man United eleven, would yeah. Robson get in it? Yeah, I mean,
2: I mean, he was. You've got to remember, he was in a. He was very often in a very average United team. I mean, he towards the end, obviously, he won the league. Those last two seasons, he was there, but he was hanging on. I think one season he played ten games, mostly substitutes. Yeah, and, no, well, it's
1: just, I think I, I, certainly the second season
2: that he won the league. Yeah, I mean, he, he really was. probably was to us straight away after that. It was a bit of a token gesture, but I mean, yeah, you've got yeah, to you got to think. Come on into half an hour or whatever. Some of those United teams he played in. I mean, obviously they're up against a brilliant. Liverpool team they were often threatened to win leagues or built up to be contenders but they never really were and he he was often in in very average teams and he was he carried that team so many on so many occasions I mean he won the FA Cup in 83 85 in 1990 I mean 1990 Captains United to win the FA Cup they nearly went down that season if you remember I mean Mm. he, he was he was just unbelievable whether he'd ever again with the modern fans whether you would get that credit yeah, you know, that people would probably vote for uh, I don't know Beckham or skulls or whatever I loved I mean, him for us I well I mean any United fan I mean he was there in Valencia um, the other week in the bar having a drink and he, he drinks in my mate's pub in, in Spain I was actually out with his father-in-law when I was in Spain the other week We went to watch a Beatles tribute band I love that, <laughs> and, and,
0: and it's rather I, so <laughs> I, I love the fact he's, your your friendships are like random relatives of former footballers. It's uh, a lot of them from the 1990 yeah. uh, England squad. So yeah, well yeah, he was uh,
1: Gordon was <laughs> basically was, Matthew Dorse uh, everybody from the past.
0: Yeah. yeah, well
2: that's how I like it to <laughs> yeah. be. <But> there's,
0: <laughs> a, there's a fantastic. We talk about the Brian Robson picture all the time. We know the one we're talking about the Middlesbrough picture. But if you go on Brian Robson's Wikipedia page, and of all the pictures to pick. Of Not the main picture, but if you scroll down slightly, there's a fantastic picture of him in what is kindly described as a shell suit top. And it's so 90s. And I just think, you know, of all the great swashbuckling pictures you could have chosen of Brian Robson, there he is standing in the, which I assume is the car park at Man United with a man bag and this horrible 90s track top. It's, it's I just brilliant. love
1: him because when he was assistant manager to Terry Venables, and yeah. then you go, one for the bingo card, mm-hmm. kids. He saw Lado.
0: <laughs> Who's that? Who I, I don't know who you're talking about.
1: That would be uh, Giannino, I oh. think. Um, but, I mean, obviously, everybody saw Giannino score that free kick, but he was there, and that was the time, you know. I mean, let's not forget, Brian Robson was touted. The whole idea for Brian Robson coming Next to him, yeah. was that he was going to do three years there, then he would go to Manchester United, he was going to be Manchester United. I mean, what, do you, what? was it like that from your point of view, Matthew?
2: Ooh, I that didn't think Robinson he would. was
1: going to do that because that was how it was sold to us. Basically, we thought he was going to come here for three, four years, whatever, up to Borough, and then he would eventually go to Manchester United and take over that. That was what well, I'd, like liked
2: to, I'd like to have liked him to have done, but then there's that worry that he could have ruined his legacy if it hadn't worked out for one reason or another whether he'd been up to the job or whether the team he'd taken over. It's probably best that he didn't, but I mean. For a certain well, I generation.
1: I mean, it's definitely best that he
2: did. Well, yeah. of course yeah. But I mean, it, it's. You don't end up certain, managing Thailand for nothing, let's be honest. For a certain generation of United fans, Brian Robson could do no wrong. I mean, he, like I saying, he, and he was hard as nails, he could, def, he could tackle, he could defend. Actually, he, hold
1: on, give me really, a second. We're just on the telly right now that I'm watching you. Know, I've been running YouTube all night. It's just United winning the league at our place. And Brian Robson couldn't uh, be more
0: pleased. <laughs> oh, that's because he's played all the reserves for May United to win, yeah. Oh, very much,
2: yeah. One thing oh, Robson, look. one thing he often doesn't get credit for is also he, apparently he was brilliant at playing hungover. Apparently, Ron Atkinson and Fergie both said, you know, he could drink all night.
1: That's what Gascoigne said. Gascoigne said he'd go out and have 10 pints and then still go and be yeah. like, apparently, and, and tackles and drinks. Yeah. The guy could drink. Well, I saw him the day we got promoted to the Premier League under him the first time Um, I was walking up the road and somebody went you're a Borough fan I went of course I'm a Borough fan he went oh they're all in the dickens so I just went round there and I have never seen such a collection of professional footballers completely arselled in my life
2: Yeah, and I bet he was instigating
1: it I think he kind of had to be honest and the thing is we had another game on the um, because we I think it was Stoke and Borkman had won all on the Wednesday or the Tuesday and then that meant the Sunday game didn't mean anything. They were all wrecked. Anderson was wrecked. Robson was wrecked. Every single... Well, they they
2: famously did there. famously did it at United, and he was the, sort of one of the ringleaders. And one of the reasons he was sort of excused was because he could play and get away with it, whereas a lot of them couldn't. Whereas I mean, McGrath that, somebody. Yeah, that mm. famous drinking culture at United, like, Fergie broke up. I mean, Robson would have been at the heart of that, but he, he was almost excused because...
0: He they knew it. that he
2: could play i mean there was a famous story that terry gibson when he signed for united they um he, he stayed in a hotel in manchester before he, he should have settled down and he said that he used to get up in the morning and go and have the fry breakfast the full works before going to training just because it was there in the hotel and he, he, would, he would stuff his face and apparently he was running around the pitch um on his first morning of training and he ended up on his knees throwing up because he'd had this fry up and ron atkinson ran over to him and said
0: You've been drinking with
2: Robson again, haven't you? You've been drinking with Robson again. <laughs> I've told you, he can do it, you can't. And Terry Gibson would say, no, no, I haven't. I've just had a fry-up and it's, you know, it's repeating on me. But, so Ron Atkinson's first reaction was, you must have been out in the lash with Brian Robson last night. Don't do it because he can handle it, you can't. I mean, that's yeah. just that's brilliant. I mean, what a compliment. I I've worked with Terry Gibson for a little bit this year. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, like a uh, little, he's like a
1: little bulldog.
2: Yeah, he was, a, he was a fearsome little player, wasn't he? he was, uh,
1: I, really, I really liked Terry. He was all right. We were yeah. quite quite... At 11 Sports, which...
0: It is on the God way no- out. God
1: knows what's happening there. Yeah. But I don't work there anymore, so who cares? Yeah, well.
0: <laughs> on that note, <laughs> you don't work there anymore and you've got a new Twitter handle. So what is your new Twitter handle where people oh, can... Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: you? yeah. Um, Joel Baby Tweet. No. Tweets. Which actually, people think it's a better Twitter handle, I, don't I know. Well, people like, don't,
0: baby. yeah, because people don't understand Baby Herc until you explain Well, it, Baby
1: Hercules has been, yeah. you know, done and dusted for about six years, so it is something, yeah. So, Joel Baby Tweets. Yeah, I want it to be Joel Tweets
2: or Joel Young Tweets or whatever, but we got there anyway. How many uh, followers are you up to now?
1: Oh, I'm annoyed about it, mate. <laughs> 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 even. Uh, I think I'm up to about 500
0: or something at four nice. <laughs> no you You've clawed some back there.
1: Sure. Well, yeah, but I think a lot of it is people who don't want to talk to me anymore, and it makes me <laughs> a bit sad. I can't believe that for a minute. Yeah, no, yeah. Who, you who imagine, would those be, be? Imagine all these famous people who had me on. Uh... <laughs> who <laughs> were friends with me who now don't want to talk to me on dm and you're back Well, let's your, not um, talk about let's not talk about talking to people on dm
0: you're talking you're back to your, your, your voice profile picture as well you keep changing your profile picture and you're back to the voice i like
1: the voice one though it's, it's, good. Like oh, quite it's nice a good one it. yeah
0: it's a good one and it's back on tv soon isn't it so you're in, you're in it's time. on on saturday i okay. guess oh, yeah there you go. Um, matthew you haven't changed either but what is your twitter handle anyway no
2: no i haven't changed still the same old same old still hanging around with the uh relatives of old footballers from the 90s and 80s um it's at matthew j christ
0: I, i changed mine for christmas as i always do but it's back to normal now at ash rose uk but more importantly follow the show at ak90s on twitter and at ak90s pod on instagram this has been alive and kicking we've talked a lot of 90s we talk a lot of 80s we talk it all but thank you very much for joining us we'll be back very soon with more this week in the 90s and some big full-length shows coming your way in the next couple of weeks. Check us out on Twitter, at K90s. Until next time, keep it 90s.